Welcome to the J3 University Podcast. Each week, we bridge the gap between science and in-the-trench experience for physique enhancement. I'm your host, John Jewett. Let class begin. Welcome, everybody, to the J3U Podcast. With me, as always, is Luke Miller, my co-host. And today, we'll be jumping into a business-focused episode, and we have Fuad Abiyad. IFBB Pro, two pro show winner, um, hosts the Real Bodybuilding Podcast. So we have a, a host coming on as a guest. <laughs> so hopefully we can live up to, yeah. to his, his great podcast that he, yeah. he produces. So well, how, how are you doing today, man? I'm good, man. How are you? Thank you very much for having me on. It seems uh, it's weird to be on the other side of the mic. I just did a, a different, I did another podcast with uh, Dennis James recently. And it's, it's, it's weird being on this side, but uh, I'm happy to do it. So thank you very much for having me. Yeah, well, you're, you're a talented speaker, you articulate well, and your podcast has like just been been booming. And I, uh, and, and now I'm, I'm a fan of it, too. So That's this awesome, is like man. my, my cardio entertainment and just, uh, yeah. you know, l- l- like to see y'all guys just banter back and forth. It's just entertaining. It, you know? so, is yeah. that is that what you know, I always I always like to ask everybody, which is it is it do you like all three podcasts because there's kind of three different versions or is it the one with do you like which one do you like most is it the guys kind of ripping on each other or is it the interviews or which is kind of your your style it just depends honestly depends on my mood because sometimes i want to hear like i like the show breakdowns that y'all do yeah um and because it's almost like we don't have a great news outlet sometimes in bodybuilding people covering shows that know the depth of the competitors as well. And yeah. so sometimes I, I like that. Um, other times I just, I need something that's not, I don't have to focus in on as much. Yeah. Um, and not to take away anything, but you know, the bantering, it's just like, an, it's an easy listen. It's fun. Yeah. And so honestly, it really just depends on my mood because all three have different yeah. aspects that I like. Cool. Very cool. Luke, do you have one? I, I'm a big fan of like both bodybuilding bollocks and bro chat just because I love, taking that time to just connect with the culture yeah and like, i think y'all do such a good job with that and i'll listen to some of the the interviews that i'm really interested in yeah yeah for sure um like dr dean i listen to and all of that um but for me it's like i have so many steps in the day right now prepping it's like perfect. <laughs> steps did you say steps in the day i was gonna say <laughs> <laughs> i was like, I was like Here's perfect this, steps. Is, this is all your fault john i got this uh, yeah I got this thing now. I'm like constantly looking at it. And now it controls your life, right? Dude, yeah. I'm like, cause I got, I got the app too. So it's just like okay. all, all day long. I'm, and I know you, it's funny. You said you didn't use yours for calorie counting. Yeah. Yeah. But I use it for calorie counting too. Do you think, is it, is it accurate? Like, do you, you know, I don't have a, I don't have a Fitbit. So. Oh, um, that's right. You have the other one. Yeah. So mine, mine, the heart rate and stuff on, it's not that great. It's just purely for steps. So I'll still have like my, diet set that I pretty much is the same Uh, as far as what it's saying for like output like calorie output since it does I think it it goes off heart rate and Mm -hmm. it's kind of like going off the machines you know if you enter your body weight or anything I don't know maybe maybe Uh, it's accurate enough but yeah I put in my body weight and height and everything so I don't I don't know because obviously you put in your body weight but it doesn't know like I weigh 280 pounds and I'm not fat. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't, it doesn't know the 280 pounds that I put in is like more muscle than fat. So I don't know right. if it's accurate. You know what yeah, I mean? So it's all, it's all an estimate, right? I think, yeah. Hey, you have everything set, your diet, 
your your steps and you know then at the end of the week it's like did did i drop body fat no yeah. okay well maybe this yeah. isn't i need to make an adjustment i think it just gives you yeah. some 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 close closeness but yeah i feel like if it's wrong at least it's wrong every day yes but so you then, still have you still have a trend to follow right. re- regardless you know what i mean so, so are you are you cutting down right now is that or do you just kind of I, I don't know what i'm doing no i like, no i am i am cutting down i it's uh i don't want to say anything about a show because i don't think i want to i don't think i'm going to compete what it is is i'm pretty much retired and i need to drop i can't walk around at 280 forever even though i like being big um so i'm trying to cut down some weight just for health reasons and i thought if i cut the weight and i look good i might jump on stage one more time but i don't like i really don't think that's going to happen it's just kind of like a it's kind of an afterthought, but I do have to drop weight just for overall health. What drives the, the motive in, in that, like the, the, to get back on stage, like what is, what is your, what was your big why to that? Do you feel like you left something unfinished that you need to do back or just like, Hey, I, you just love going on stage, man. It's a, I, I think it's really hard. I mean, you'll, I think you'll feel this one day, maybe. I put everything I had into bodybuilding, whether, whether you look at it from a detail perspective, like a Roman Fritz kind of put everything into bodybuilding, or you look at it like a, I, I don't mean it kind of on a micro level in terms of like my diet or whatever. Like, I mean more like when you put your heart and soul into something. So whether I was the best or not is kind of irrelevant. Yeah. But when you put your heart and soul into something and then it's not there anymore, you're like, it kind of leaves a void. And so I filled the void with various things. Like I have yeah. the podcast I'm very passionate about. I have my supplement company I'm very passionate about. I kind of filled my days with, fill my time with other things that I can be just as passionate about so I can still be involved in the sport I love. But it's nothing really fills the void completely. Like there's nothing, I don't know if anybody else other than a professional athlete or anybody would understand but when you focus your entire life and your entire day and your every minute you you're breathing on this one thing and then all of a sudden it's not there anymore you're like you kind of want to get it back even though even though if like if I'm being completely objective and I'm stepping outside myself I realize my time has passed like my prime was probably 35 years old probably 2015 2016 ish the last prep I did last year, I think I looked pretty good. I don't think I would win a show looking like that, but I think I could probably crack the top five and, and represent myself well. Um, but it's not even about that anymore. It's kind of like, I'm going to do it just to feel it one more time. But I also don't want to do myself a disservice because I don't want to be that guy that went on stage and everybody's like, oh shit, that guy should have stayed home. So yeah, they, they have like the fraud expectation from 2015, like he's going to come back at this <laughs> yeah. level, like yeah. guys yeah. now, but I'm going to be really good. But yeah. you know, yeah, it's like, um, you know, look at like Kevin Lavroni, right? When Kevin, and not that I was ever at that level, but like everybody expected Kevin Lavroni to come back and be Kevin Lavroni from 99 or 97 <sighs> or 95. Because I'm 50 years old. This is not going to, this is not going to happen, right? So, I don't want to do that where I go on stage and it's worse for me because whether bodybuilders will admit it or not, that stuff is emotionally taxing. Yeah. You know, the, the, the stuff you deal with post-show, the, the commentary, the stuff you read about yourself, I don't care how strong you are. It gets to everybody. 
Um, and I don't want to deal with that. And I don't want to do my own legacy that disservice, but if I can look good and I can look, um, if I can represent myself then I, well, then I might do it. But it's, like I said, it's more, I can't be 280 anymore. I got to be, you know, 230, 240, 250 max. And um, if I, if I'm on my way down there and I look okay, then maybe I'll jump into something. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm just, just cutting weight and trying to hold on to some mass. And I don't, uh, I'm more focused on my health right now than anything. Yeah, I could, I understand. Cause I've, I've had these thoughts go through cause I'm, I'm not, I'm not terribly old. I'm about to be 35, yeah. but it's, you know, you're reaching the point of like, how much longer will I be doing this for? And mm-hmm. what does that look like? And I've always kind of told myself if I, if I'm no longer walking on stage improving every year, that's probably the time to definitely step back or hopefully you just kind of cut off at you, like when you're right there before you have to like go through the process of dropping down in places yeah. or, or you seeing your look kind of diminish. Like it's always been about like being proud of what I brought to stage and the placings are what they are. You can't control yeah. it, but, um, and then to, to walk away at that point, but I would understand needing to fill that in somewhere. Cause I've always, it's always been a sport or something for me to go all in like crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I see a lot of guys will go like, like I could go to like martial arts and go nuts on that. Right. Just yeah. I'll never go fight or something, but just yeah. to put everything into something different. Um, so com- completely understandable, but uh, yeah. no, I, 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 the martial arts thing is funny. You said that I actually considered uh, jujitsu. I was yeah. like, I'm too big right now, but I thought if I could drop 30 or 40 pounds, it's actually a running joke on the podcast. They called the MMA, MMA, MMA Haas is going to show up, but <laughs> I just, uh, I figure if I could drop 30, 40 pounds, then it'd be something. But like you said, because high school, I had football and then I had yeah. bodybuilding and now there's what? So I'm like, okay, maybe I'll do jujitsu, right? And that'll be the thing I focus on because it's also interesting. You said the 35-year-old thing because that's about the time I started thinking, you know, what are we going to do? What am I going to do? You know, time. Because I always, even from the very start of my career, I thought at 40 years old, that would be it. You know, 40 was my yeah. line. So when I hit 35, I'm like, okay, what's next? What do we, you know? And then my physique didn't really, I mean, 2017, I didn't look my greatest. Even though I took six at the Arnold, I wasn't happy, but my body just stopped working. Like every time I tried to prep for a show, 18, 19, 20, I tore something. So my body kind of told me it was time. I never really, and I think going back to your earlier question, I think that's why. I want to do it again because I never really got to walk off on my own terms. It's kind of like my body's like, hey, man, you're done. Like every time I try to prep for something, it just something snaps. So I think there's some unfinished business there. But you know. I'll see too, you could probably prep it in such a, a better application. And you have like such great people in your corner to be able to do it a, a lot smarter and efficient. Yeah. Then probably yeah. what like young Fuad was doing, right? Just oh, like, yeah. Tra- you know, trashing the, the weights yeah, and beating your body yeah, up. But, yeah. Um, it, 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 that never goes away, though. It's, it's just crazy. constant workaround. <laughs> I, see, it's funny. I'm like totally like I said to you when we started, I'm the bro scientist on here. I, I never learned. I never learned how to scale back. I just go in and I train the way I want to train. And I yeah. never really had a methodology for how to do it in a better way to protect myself. And I still get, I talked to, I just talked to my training partner about it the other day. We were on our way home from the gym and I said, I think it's coming again. And he goes, what do you, cause I just tweaked my hamstring like a month ago. 
I go, I think it's coming again. And he goes, what do you mean? I go, every time I start to feel good and my training starts to ramp up, I get better and better, stronger and stronger. And then something goes. Mm -hmm. And you would think after 20 years, I would learn to like level off somewhere and like take it easy. But I just, uh, it's old habits, right? So I don't, I don't know how other guys tend to um, modify their training. It's a challenge. Even people that have asked me about, hey, go, or go to the open. It's like the same thing. Like if I push size and get stronger and, and then something happens, it's like, I don't know if my body will hold up to keep, <laughs> to, yeah. to what push it to the extent of what I have to, at least training wise. Yeah. Um, but anyway to, to this this topic the business of bodybuilding and yeah. you know this is where it kind of all all starts for all of us in bodybuilding your last show was 2017 for the arnold yeah. and you turned pro um at canadian nationals that was what 2008 six, or six six six, six. okay yeah and you, you competed for about 11 years right yeah i competed that, that's what that would be yeah 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 every year i competed sometimes two sometimes three shows in a year and um had a good career. I mean, overall, I was, I'm pretty proud of what I did. I think I could have done better, but you know, everyone always looks back and thinks they could have done better, but um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty proud of the career I put together. I, I achieved, put it this way. I achieved what I wanted to when I started. Let's just but, say that. And to me, that's, to yeah. me, that's success. Cause when I started my, my whole goal was never to be, it's funny. Some people start this thing and they're like, they want to be Mr. Olympia. And my goal was, I love to bodybuild. How can I make, make a living bodybuilding so that I can train for a living? Yeah. That, that was like the whole, I just want to train for, I just want to be able to go to the gym and get paid for it. So I don't have to go to an actual job. That was kind of, <laughs> that's right. That's kind of like, that was kind of like the, the motivator. So I, I think I achieved that. So yeah. I was happy that way. So, so was that it? Like right from the beginning, like you had this love for training before you even started competing, obviously like, like many of us, and was it going in straight like, okay, I need to market myself somehow to make money to where I can keep doing this? Or were you doing a few shows and it kind of came in like, hey, this is really expensive. And um, like, where was that transition point for you? Like to switch, like, how do I, how do I switch this to a business versus just, this is just what I love to do? Well, I, I don't know if there was ever a switch per se. I kind of like bodybuilding. It's funny. Bodybuilding all started all at once for me there wasn't like stages and that's kind of like how everything is in my life. It's like one day I woke up and I went to watch a friend compete and I was like, I think I can do that. And my buddy's like, we'll do it then. And I was like, <laughs> okay. And I did it. And I loved the, I just love being in the gym. Like it felt right. And I was like, this is what I want to do. This is where I want to be all the time. I don't want to go to a job. I want to just be at the gym, but I don't want to be a personal trainer either. So I was trying to figure it out. And I'm like, well, maybe I could own a gym. And I'm like, well, I'm poor. How can I own a gym? Right. I don't have the money to start a gym. So what am I going to do? So I thought to myself, well, if I'm popular enough, maybe somebody will go halfers with me on a gym. They'll use my name. Like if I'm a, if I'm a celebrity bodybuilder, somebody will say, Hey, here's the money you run it. We'll use your name, blah, blah, blah. That was kind of my whole thought process. So then I got, so then I'm like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to own a gym one day and I'm going to do it by being a great bodybuilder. And so I started bodybuilding and I'm like, Oh, there's contracts. I'm like, okay, so I need to get a contract, but I need to be a good bodybuilder to get a contract. So that was kind of my motivation. I'm like, I want to get that money. I want to get that contract. I want to get that. I want to make that living. So I don't have to do these other side jobs and I can just do this for a live, you know, for life. And, uh, 
that was the driving factor. And I got to a point where muscle tech signed me, they gave me a contract. And then from there, you know, I'm always looking around. I'm always looking at what everybody else is doing. And I'm not only in our sport, I look around at other sports and see like, what are, how are other athletes making money and how are, what are, what are, what other things can I do? Hey, Tor, let me, let me ask you real quick on, on yeah. your contract. Cause it was a little different, you know, in the yeah, back early then, yeah. two, that mid two thousands yeah. with contracts and, um, was that something they, they just reached out to you out of the blue? Hey, or was that some type of connection that you had made within that company somehow? Or, uh, uh no, I was sponsored by a company called fusion. Um, and I, they were just giving me supplements. It was like, um, 2003, four five, I think. And they were just giving me supplements. And I was like, okay, look guys, like I had won the nationals. I had won my class at the nationals in 2004, 2005. And I knew I was going to get my pro card in 06. I'm like, I'm going to win again. They're going to give me my pro card this time. I know they are. So I'm like, I want to get paid. And they're like, we don't want to pay you. And I'm like, okay, well, you're driving on a Lexus and you're using all my photos. I, I just want like 500 bucks a month just to, just to say that you guys think I'm worth something. And they're like, no, we don't want to pay you. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm, I'm out then. This isn't, I don't need your supplements. I'm going to, I'm going to bounce, right? So muscle tech called me, uh, one of the athletes rep reached out and he was like, Hey, blah, blah, blah. We know you're going to do the show this year. I don't know if they knew I had left fusion. I don't know why they reached out, but the athletes rep had reached out and I said, you know what? I'm not under contract right now. So, and I asked them for money and they said, we'll pay you if you turn pro. And I said, okay, but I want that in writing. You're like, we can't give it to you in writing. And I'm like, well, that's not really, I'm like, that's not, that's not really how it works. Like you gotta, if you want to, but I'm still young and they're muscle tech, right? At the time, muscle tech was the biggest supplement yeah. company in the world. So they're like, no, no, you sign the contract. If you turn pro, we'll give you two grand a month. And I was like, okay. So I did it, turned pro. I got the money and then kind of rolled from there. It, it's, it's so much different now. Cause now like, so I hear people talk like, Hey, I'm going to turn pro. It's like, I'm going to have this pro card. It's going to be my ticket to like make a living now bodybuilding. Yeah. And yeah. it is not the case like that. Now you have a pro card and it, it's, it's, it's almost meaningless for some guys. Yeah. Cause now like back then it wasn't all the social media, Instagram to where you also had like, Oh, well this person that they don't have a pro card, but they have this other influence that can bring us income. Yeah. Then we didn't really, you didn't really have this outside of like magazines or maybe, you know, online publications. And mm -hmm. so, and pro cards were a lot different than too. Yeah. So like at least Canadian nationals, like you had to win the overall and they only yeah. give out maybe just, just one well, back then or two. They gave two, they gave one to the overall winner and one to the second. It was really weird. They gave one to the second best in the overall lineup. Okay. Like they chose who they thought was the second best. It was really weird. It was a strange way to do it. Some years they only gave one, just the overall winner. So there wasn't very many chances to turn pro. But yeah, it was very different. And I think back then it was more based on your potential as a bodybuilder. That's the thing. Yeah. Now that doesn't matter because you have bodybuilders that are the best bodybuilders in the world, not to name any names, but some of them aren't very active on social media at all. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't drive sales. And that's what the name of the game is, right? Like a sponsor is not going to pay you if you can't bring them back their investment. So back in the day, it would, it would pay for them because everything was based on your potential of how good you were going to be. And, and you were only going to be in the magazines if you had that potential also. 
So if I'm trying to sell muscle tech products for them, I need to be visible and I'm not going to be visible if I'm not good enough to get into the magazine. So it kind of all went hand in hand, but it was all based on your performance. Whereas now you don't really have to be a good bodybuilder. You just have to be good at, good at marketing. You have to be good at, uh, you have to be very consistent. You have to be creative. You have to, you know what I mean? Like, I think one of the biggest things too is providing value, right? Like a lot of people look to provide value and that's where we see the biggest branding be able to develop across people who aren't the top level bodybuilders, right? Like um, giving back and and giving them something that they can utilize and use for their process because. Yeah. Value is a, is a strange word though, because it means something different to everybody. Yep. Right. Like your demographic the value is that you're teaching them the ins and outs and the science of bodybuilding and how to do certain things and, and why they're applicable and all that. Right. Somebody else's value might be, well, Bradley Martin's really funny. That's all the value I need. Right. So you get somebody like a Bradley Martin, who's not necessarily teaching. He might be, maybe he's doing some squat and he's showing somebody how to squat, but he's not really a teacher. He's more of an entertainer. Right. So there's so many different ways to quantify value. You can be entertaining, you can give, you know, you can teach, you can, you know, there's, there's a whole bunch of different ways that you can get people to watch you, I guess. I think one of the biggest things too, one of the biggest things I've learned is that your brand is a representation of yourself. And, and one of the guys that kind of really helped me with the business side of things, one of the biggest things I took away is he said, people will always buy you first mm-hmm. before they buy your product or your service. That's and true. so if you don't have yourself represented within your brand, people are not going to create that buy-in in order to be a part of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is where I think the most successful individuals, like I think when we look at you, for example, with like hostile, like you're just being yourself. You're, yeah. you're not trying to be anybody else. And then people love that. And that yeah. is where developments of brands over time end up being the most successful because it's a representation of that individual's core values and their character. Yeah. yeah I think, you know, one of the main things I think is lost in business is trust. And I think um, your credibility matters, right? Like you can sign somebody who has 5 million followers, but if they've been around for three months, yeah, there's a lot of people watching because they're entertaining or whatever it is, but how many people trust them to actually reach into their pocket and take a dollar out and buy what they said to buy, right? Because they haven't been around. So I think with me, my following may not be the biggest, but the people that do follow me know I've been around for 20 years and I didn't just pop up yesterday and all of a sudden get Insta famous. Right. So when I say, you know, this is what I did five years ago or 10 years ago or 15 years ago, there's something behind it. So I don't feel like I have to lie. I don't feel like I have to put on a facade. I don't feel like I have to try and be somebody I'm not. I'm just like, this is what I did. And some people like that and some people don't. Um, But there's also a, a caveat to that, which is, do you always want to be tied to your brand? Like it's like what you said is it's important that people buy you. Right. But one of the conflicting ideas I'm having in my head right now is do I want to be the center of my brand at all times? Because at some point the brand has to become bigger than you for it to really be successful. So you kind of have to take your, put your ego aside. And it's weird because you have to take the thing that made the brand and also shift it out of the way and let the brand kind of keep moving without you. So there's uh, that enters into it somewhere also. Which ends up coming into like pulling people that align with your values, right? Because well, and that's, then they perpetuate yeah. that, that thought. 
Yeah. And I mean, that's why I signed certain athletes and, you know, I, I kind of put them on a, a more of a pedestal because they're kind of aligned with who I am, but it's just, um, it's counterintuitive because like you said, you start, you start your brand and you're like, okay, they're buying me. They're, they, they like who I am. They like what I have to say, all these things, but then the brand can only grow so big if it's just about you. So you have to step out of the way, which is weird because bodybuilding has always been about you. And now this business thing has always been about you. And all of a sudden now you're like, okay, now it's not about me anymore. Now it's about this other thing. Yeah. So there's a, a kind of a growth for a growth phase there that has to take place, I guess. Is, is that a hard transition? Because it's like you, for what we were just sort of talking about earlier, like with, you know, bodybuilding, keeping you in that spotlight and it's very, is focused on you. And then you build this brand that is still kind of focused on you right yeah. now to really transition to the background to where you're in the, in the backlight and just your brand. Um, I feel like that would be a, a hard transition. It really but, sucks. <laughs> it really sucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's when we're going to see you on stage at like 50. <laughs> I can still do it. No, no. Still got no I, listen, man, I still, I, I got to be honest with you. I'm just going to be honest because it's the only way I know how, but it sucks because there are certain things you start to miss. Like, I, I, this is going to sound so like vain, but I don't care. I have to, like when you go on stage, like John, you know what it's like. You go on stage, people cheer for you, right? And you, you hit a certain shot, like a back yeah. shot or most muscular people. You don't get that anymore. There's nobody at the grocery store cheering for me. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> right. so like certain, certain things go away, right? And then you fill them with other things. You're like, oh, okay, well, I did this photo shoot for the company, posted some awesome photos. I got a really awesome response. That's almost like your cheers. So you kind of filled the, the cheer part a little bit with this like Instagram, you know, love that you get from your photos. And then there comes a point where you're like, okay, everybody's seen my photos a thousand times. I got to let these other athletes come forward. So now you've lost the cheers, you've lost the Instagram love, and now you're just the guy in the background. And I think everybody has an ego to a certain extent and certain your ego is either gonna get in your way or you're gonna use it to your advantage and i think i think there's like two ways my brain works there's some days you wake up and you're like but i want to be the brand i'm the brand i built the brand but then there's the more mature side of your brain it's like get out of your own way let the company be what it's supposed to be you're only going to hold it back if you try and be the center of attention all the time so you have to learn to be you have to learn to be insignificant. It's almost like a, a maturity where you're like, okay, this is more important than I am. And me being the center of attention is just my ego trying to take place. Right. Like, so you, you have to be able to step back and see the big picture, I guess. And, and it is a maturation thing. And I, you know, what's, what I've always liked about bodybuilding, I think is this the self-development aspect and how it, you know, it's more than just the physical aspect, but it's, developed learning myself more as a person and, and reaching this like fuller potential, this like self-actualization, which it, I, you know, if you go off like um, these hierarchy of needs and stuff could be like at the top of this. Right. Yeah. Um, but I think that's a further thought process and, and level of development of being able to now step out beyond just what it does for yourself, but um, you know, what, what it could be even bigger yeah. and uh, putting yourself aside. And I, I think that does take a lot of maturation, but uh, can definitely 
re- help you reach even a fuller potential, even though it's not you out there in the spotlight getting cheers. Yeah. Um, and, and I guess that it's conflicting too, right? Because the cheers are, are nice. Yeah. Um, but also like this development of your business to this fullest extent, the potential, what it could be is uh, extremely grat- gratifying as well. Yeah. The toughest part, you know, I know the cheer, the cheers are, it's funny. I, it's like I said, it sounds vain and I'm talking about cheers, but the, the truth of the matter is it's kind of like your baby, right? Like you built this thing from nothing. It's like, if you think about it, when you start bodybuilding, you're nothing, you're, you're, you're just a guy out there trying to do your thing. Nobody knows who the fuck you are. And it takes you 10 years, 15 years, 20 years to build a name and a brand. And that's what people, when people say build a brand, it's like, I don't think they realize it's like it literally something you nurture for years, years, years or decades. Right. Because for a brand to become solid, it takes time. It's not just like you can build a brand in a year, but it will disappear as fast as it came along. Right. But the brands that stand the test of time, I think are built over a long period of time. And they're always, they always have the same message and they always have the same look and the same feel and the same people know what to expect from that brand. Right. And so you've developed this like baby and you've nurtured this thing and you've created this monster. And now you're like, okay, here, here you go. I'm going to give it to you now. And that's the hardest part. Cause you're like, that thing's mine. Mm-hmm. Like I, I made, I made that thing. Like, I nurtured that thing for 20 years. Right. And now you're like, you get into business with people that know more than you do, whether it be a chemist, whether it be um, your financial officer, whether it be your chief of operations, whoever it may be, you get into business with people because they have more experience than these in these areas than you do. And you're like, okay, I built this thing. Here you go. And you got to just hand it over. And you're like, you're kind of like trying to hold on to it with one hand. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like a, to me, that's the toughest part is just letting go of it and trusting that other people can nurture it the way you did. You had that, con- that control on it and the ability to micromanage it all. It's like, oh, now it's time for these other people to come in. And I, it's understandable. That's how, how you do get better. It's like, yeah. even in my business, I have people on, on board that are better at doing things that I could do. Like I w- would do my marketing and stuff. I'm like, I'm terrible at it. I don't know. Yeah. I, I have someone else that can do that for me. Yeah. Um, about about building the brand and, and like while you're in bodybuilding do you think people are making mistakes you know as bodybuilders um, as far as like should they be focused just on building themselves first or because I have a lot of guys will be like hey I'm, I'm building my brand what should I do and the whole focus on everything put out is this brand but yeah. they haven't built anything within them, themselves first um, yeah. And like, should these coincide? Like what, I don't know, what mistakes do you, do you see made nowadays with building the brand and being a bodybuilder? Yeah. I think the brand has to mean something. Like, what is your brand, right? Like if somebody says to me, oh, I'm trying to build a brand. I'm like, okay, what is your brand? Like, who are you? You know what I'm saying? And what I mean by that is let's take like a 20 year old kid, right? And let's say he's heard all the verbiage. I got to mm-hmm. build my, I got to build my brand. That's all he knows. He doesn't really know what it means. He just, he's heard, I got to build my brand. So he gets out, he's 20 years old. He starts working out and he's like, I got to build my brand. So he comes up with t-shirts. Maybe he starts doing YouTube videos. He's doing all these things, all the things it means to build a brand. He's got the t-shirts, got the YouTube videos. He's working out, you know, whatever other, maybe he's on a podcast, who knows. But there's no substance to the brand. Right. So you can't, it's almost like it takes time because it takes steps. Like you can't just, you have to have something, you have to have a foundation for the brand to sit on. 
So it's like, okay, you came with a t-shirt, but who are you? Like, what, what t-shirt am I buying? Like, what do you do? Right. So I feel like for me, my way of building the brand was I had to build myself first. Like you said, I had to achieve a certain level. I think I came out with my first shirts. I must've been just turning pro, I think when I came out. So I had already been bodybuilding for six years, maybe. And I had a, in Canada, I had a good fan base. Most people in Canada knew who I was. So I'm like, okay, I think now I can come up with a shirt. People will buy it. And I think I sold like 12 shirts in a year. Like it's like a joke, right? Nobody's, because nobody knows you. But building brand also takes time. So it's almost like you have to have substance. And then when you do start doing things, it doesn't mean it's going to take off, but you have to stay consistent with it. So a lot of these kids, when they start, they start without the substance, but let's say they do have substance and they start doing, they start, let's say they come up with a t-shirt. They'll do, well, I sold, I, I came up with shirts, but I only sold like four. So I'm not going to do it anymore. Now you got to start over. Right. So like the consistency aspect of building a brand is just as big as the substance aspect. Right. So you have to have something for the brand to sit on and then you have to have the work ethic to have the, the consistency to keep coming out with the shirts, keep coming out with the podcast, keep coming out with the, whatever it is you're trying to sell the DVDs, or I don't think people do DVDs anymore, but the YouTube videos until people, so people know you're going to be there. They want to know you're going to be there next week or the week after or the month after. Right. So I think substance first, then consistency. And then creativity is also a major factor also. Cause I think people sometimes will find one thing that works and you'll see this with girls in, in their Instagram, they'll post an ass photo and it'll get like 10,000 likes. So they're like, okay, I'm going to post an ass photo every single day. <laughs> it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. There's only so many ass photos you can see before you're like, okay, I'm going to move on to the next girl. And so go ahead. Sorry. To your point. There's no substance there, right? Yeah. There's no substance right. no development and, like one of the things we discuss, like with other people trying to build their own business is like finding those key pillars, those three core pillars that they build their business upon mm -hmm. and allow that character development and that process to build over time. And just make sure that everything that you do aligns within those three, four pillars of your brand. Mm -hmm. And every overnight success has been 10 years in the making. Right. And so That's then right. the, the time equation. And so yeah if you represent that substance and that character or those core values within it, then the time piece is really the biggest thing you're waiting on. Yeah. And I, and I think the time, and that's also what I meant by consistency is if you're around for 10 years, you gotta be there. You have to, your stuff has to be there for 10. Like I have guys that come to me and they're like, I'm trying to build my YouTube channel. And I go to their YouTube channel and they have like three videos, but they're from like three years ago. And then they have one two years ago and, and another one a year ago. And I'm like, there's no consistency here, man. They're like, well, nobody's really watching. So I didn't really do it. And I'm like, nobody had a chance to catch on to what you're doing. Like you have to, it, it has to be, there's a, the, the problem with nowadays and people trying to learn how to build a business is everybody thinks it can happen. Like, cause there is, you do see some success stories that are like overnight somehow somebody did something and they caught fire on Instagram and all of a sudden they became super popular. But for the most part, I don't think people realize a lot of the people that are popular, like, you know, Andy Frizzell is a good, a good example, right? 
you see Andy Verzilla, you see him running one of the biggest supplement companies in the industry with first form, but he's been at it for like 20 years. You know, they started in some little supplement company, some in some corner somewhere selling, you know, nothing like they were, they were making no money for like forever, but they just kept doing it and they kept doing it and kept doing it and kept doing it until people started to catch on. And I think that's why I say consistency and then substance, like you said, your core values is just being real. I think a lot of people try are trying to figure out who to be and how to be. And they're not just realizing like, I got to just be who I am. And then people will, people are going to love you or hate you or both. But if you're trying to figure out who to be like, like people will find somebody successful and be like, what's that guy's equation? What's, what's the formula? How did that? And it's like, no, man, he just, that's who he is. It's like Seth Ferrosi. Seth Ferrosi's not faking it. He's just Seth, he's just Seth Ferrosi. You know what I'm saying? So, but the equation is he's been Seth Ferrosi for 20 years and he's, they're consistently putting out good products and he's consistently putting out good videos and he's always working. Right. So there's, there is a formula, but it's not a secret. It just takes a long time. And that's the formula I don't think people want to see. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, e e even within that too, like I've had, I have people that come to me and they're like, Hey, I have this pro card now. Like I, I want to, what, I don't want, I need to be marketing myself. Like how should I be putting out content? I, I don't want it to change who I am though. I'm like, well, you don't change who you are to like market. You just be mm -hmm. yourself first. Um, and I, I think that's like the, the truest thing that you can do. It holds yeah. true to your own values and people like that transparency. Yeah. I think it, an interesting point of like building the substance is like, at least speak for myself and, and, and it's probably true for you too. Like, um, that the the brand kind of finds you and, and and that was for me like i was putting out this content of me training or explaining training just because that's what i, I like to do yeah. i like to talk about it and people see like they'll, they'll see your brand within you before you even do yeah. so i had this snack of like educating and explaining and all of a sudden like hey do you coach like, will you coach me? And like, uh, oh, okay. And then all of a sudden I'm coaching people and then your brand's starting to form around, like for me, it was this, this, this educator role. Yeah. So they say, Hey, John Jewett, this is someone you come and get educated by. And then yeah. your brand's like building into this. Um, not like, Hey, I'm an educator. That's right. Put that out first. Yeah. Um, so no. yeah. does that, is that kind of how it, it revolved for you, you know? Building yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a hundred percent true. You know, it's funny. It's really interesting. You said that because I've said to people before, don't try and choose who you want to be. And that's kind of exactly what you're just saying. And for me, like, I didn't like when I was my, my, I don't know what you call it. My gimmick, I guess, or the, the theme of who I was as a bodybuilder was like the really intense guy. That's the really intense guy. He's really, he trains really crazy, whatever. And that was kind of the role I took on. I didn't mean to do it. I just was doing workout videos and people were watching my workout videos and that's what they got from it. And I was like, yeah, I guess that's why I am. Okay, cool. And I'll run with it. And it's funny because hostile actually came from a fan. Like the name hostile came from a fan because he hashtagged it. I think I posted a video somewhere and he hashtagged it hostile training. And he, and he used my nickname Haas as like the way he wrote it. And I was like, that's really fucking cool. Like that's <laughs> like clever. I yes. think I'm like, I'm like, I think I'm going to steal that. Right. Yeah. So this, so I stole it. This is like three or four years ago. I stole that. And, uh, 
but you're right. People, I, I, I think if you try and choose who you are, then it comes off like bullshit. Like you, like you said, you just did what you do, which is teach. And then you fell into the category of John Jewett's the teacher. And I, I just did what I did, which was like train at my ass off and scream in the gym and swear and whatever. And people were like, that guy's crazy. I like that. And, uh, so, so it does go back to like when, when you first came out with your shirts yeah, and you had that brand, yeah. it, what it was established, people were, yes, it had food on it, but what, what was that shirt representing? Like Fuad the hostile intense trainer like i wear this and i have a representation of what this means right yeah yeah and it had that substance built into it and so it wasn't like hey i'm just gonna make a shirt because i'm a bodybuilder it's like yeah yeah, like yeah you did but it also had some type of meaning that people could connect with you know it's what grows yeah that's really an interesting point too because that could also be why my first shirts didn't do well because i came out and obviously popularity Mm -hmm. has something to do with it and everything but I came out with shirts, like I said, after four or five, six years as a bodybuilder, but nobody knows who you are. Nobody knows who you, your, what your substance is. So people are like, okay, cool. That's a shirt with a bodybuilder on it. Awesome. But you're right. People are, it's, they're not necessarily buying the H with the shield because it's an, oh, that's an awesome design. Yeah. It's just that it's, it's, yeah, they're buying, they're buying what I represent. And I think people like that because more than anything, I'm just real. And I tell people when I'm not doing well, I tell people if I have like, you know, I'm having a, any type of mental issue, anxiety, whatever. I tell people if I'm injured. I tell people, if, but I also train crazy and people like that too. So you're right. They're buying the brand that's been around for a long time. And, and yeah, that's, that's the point. And then, uh, you know, I guess you have these, these individuals cause I listen to this and like, okay, great. Like you have this, this brand that the substance that you've built over time. And, and now with all these media platforms, it's hard to grow them. It, and it has been challenging. Like when it first came out, like Instagram, it, it was a lot easier to grow this following based on, even if you didn't have great, you, you know, you now like everyone's doing it. Everyone looks badass on Instagram because we're filtering our shit. So it's, and it's the algorithm change. It's like complicated, but I think, um, you know, within that is what you mentioned is being consistent and, and not giving up and, and don't overcommit to too many platforms yeah. Um, cause I, you know, I thought about, Oh, there's Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and podcasts. And like, if you try and do all of them, you might do all half ass or inconsistently. It's yeah. best just to pick one and do that one really, really well. Yeah. And, and like you said, it takes years, right? You have to, but have to stick to it. I feel like you, 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 I think you need more than one though. nowadays. Okay. Only because there's a ton of people, like for example, in my podcast, right? There's so many people that watch the podcast that aren't even on Instagram. And I see it in the comments section because people will be like, well, where do I ask questions for the podcast? And I'll be like, mm. you know, go, go to my Instagram. And that's, you know, when I make a post, you can ask questions. And like, but I'm not on Instagram. So I feel like if you're not on a couple different pro- platforms, you could be losing people. Yeah. So I do agree with you. You need to have a focus to one, right? But it's, you still need to sprinkle. You need to diversify a little bit. Go ahead. One of the things I think you do well, though, is you take one and it crosses platforms, yeah. right? Like yeah. Podcast crosses into YouTube very well. And it's, yeah. it's, it's kind of like a big thing where now your desire to or need to do YouTube videos outside of that is lowered because the consistency pieces hit 
with the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, the consistency aspect goes back to uh, social media a lot because I see this a lot too. With like, you know, I'm, I'm looking at athletes all the time to sign for the company and I see this a lot where people will post and then they don't post for another week or they're the opposite. I'll look at their stories and there's like a thousand stories and I'm like, nobody's going to watch a thousand stories. Like they're going to flip right by you. Right. They're going to, and I know what people's assumption is like, well, it's the same people that watched yesterday. So they're going to watch today's. I'm like, no, nah. if there's a new guy that comes to your page and he goes to your stories and he sees 36 stories, he's not going to watch all of them. He's going to swipe to the next guy. Right. So if you have a really good story or something you're trying to sell, let's say you have 36 stories in your, in your thing. Right. And let's say number slide number 18 is like a sale you're doing, or you have a shirt or so you're doing or a special. The guy didn't get through the first 18 stories. So this really important thing that you're trying to sell is like buried in the middle of a sea of stories that nobody got through. So there's people that do too much, right? There's such a thing as overexposure. And then, but more often than not, it's, it's just inconsistency. They'll post like six times uh, in a week and then the next week they'll post once. So I think one of the more important things, and, and like you were talking about with algorithms and stuff, John, I don't even know those things. I like <laughs> I have no idea what algorithm does what or what time of day to post. I've set my own schedule and it's a work thing for me. I try and make sure I post once a day at least. And if I'm doing really well, if I'm doing something, if I'm, if I'm getting ready for a show, I'll try and post twice a day. And I try and make sure I get two or three YouTube videos a week done every single week. And I have that schedule and I try and stick to it. And that way it's not only, good for consistency with the with the the platform you're on but it's good for your fans because they know what to expect oh i'm expecting he's going to do you know with the podcast like they know something's coming they just don't know what day but they know they're going to get two or three podcasts that week so um the consistency kind of goes into that as well with uh with with looking for these athletes um are, are you usually coming across people that or like tagging hostile or, or people that have DM you and message you to build some type of relationship, or is it just you come across something random that you like, you know, or is it all in between? Um, so so I've, the, I've listened to your podcast. You're like, man, I want to bring all my friends along with me. Heard you yeah, say that, you know, like, yeah, Hey, I just want to yeah. sponsor all my friends and have I them do. build within the brand. I do. And so it's these relationships you built and you have trust in these people. Yeah. And, and, and also you kind of pull in people that are similar in ways to you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so they, they also represent the brand well too. Yeah. And um, so would you say trying to network and build relationships uh, would help promote you or should you be like tagging these companies that you want to work with? I mean, does that even matter to show loyalty to brands? So are you asking me specifically what I look for or what somebody should do or both? Both. Yeah. Okay. So for me specifically, uh, as far we'll touch on the friends thing first. Okay. I think it's really awesome that I'm on a podcast with like the top guys in the sport, yeah. some of the top guys in the sport. And I'm like, and we're all friends. And I'm like, how cool would it be to just have your friends be part of your brand? And they just so happen to be the best, some of the best guys in the sport. Like it's just, it's so perfect. Right. And people would say like, oh, you're just trying to make money off them. And I'm like, no, man. I'm like, I can make money off other athletes. Like I can bring on other athletes and still get a bump. It's not the point. It's to be able to do this thing with your friends is even, it's just more enjoyable. It's like, yeah. 
So, you know, to, to bring on James or to bring on Ian and they all have their own contracts. So it's not, you know, I don't think it's going to happen, but that would be the ultimate dream is to have these guys that are on the podcast with me signed to the label. And then we're all just kind of doing our thing together. Right. Um, so that's, that's kind of a separate issue altogether. That's just kind of a happenstance. But as far as the pros go, um, Samson, I believe Samson has a work ethic kind of like I did. He just, he's, he's quiet. He's not um, in people's faces, but he just has this really strong work ethic that I like. Um, ben is very principled. Same thing. He's a very strong work ethic. Um, we argue a lot and we're also friends. So it made sense. Nathan, Nathan is probably the most like who I was when I was younger. So that to me felt right. When I signed other guys, um, when I signed some of the up and comers I have, it's really just been, you know, I'm a big fan of the sport. So I look around all the time. So sometimes it was like, maybe buys and tries posted something, you know, buys and tries posts all the mm-hmm. new kind of up and comers. A couple of them were like buys and tries posted somebody. And I was like, Hey, you know what? I like that guy. I'm going to go check out what he's doing. Oh, he's, he's not signed by anybody. Okay. I'll pick that kid up. Um, a couple of them were just, you know, scrolling through the explore page. Holy shit. Who's this guy? Grab I, that I want to stop you that. Cause yeah, you, go ahead. that is uh, totally ding something for me because I, I've had some people that are looking for that sponsorship so bad that and, and I see what they're given and they haven't built much substance and so the offer is probably reasonable yeah. right like hey it's yeah. here's some supplements they're like yeah I'm sponsored and and I, I'm usually like don't I'm usually yeah. wait yeah. wait because if a company comes by and sees like oh you're with this they they might move on yeah and just build yourself up don't you don't need to have a company attached to you yeah. and w- would you agree to that um, yeah, I, I get people. You're definitely right. Sometimes I've gone to someone's page and it'll say like such and so supplement company. And I'm like, oh, this kid's already signed and I'll just move on. And then, you know, but it has happened before where I've asked the person because not seeing their, they didn't have it in okay. their title. And uh, I don't want to name a name, but I have a, I have a kid signed now that I asked and I was like, hey, man, are you signed with anybody? He's like, well, I'm with so and so. I'm like, oh, it's too bad. You know, I thought, you know, you'd make a good fit. And he's like, well, yeah, but I'm not under contract. So I was like, okay, well, okay. let's let's talk it out. So we talked it out. And I end up so, yeah. If you are looking for that big deal and you have a supplement company in your heading, you're probably going to get overlooked. Whether it's under contract or not under contract. I mean, if you're under contract, then you have to have it. But if you're not under contract and you have it there, um, then you're going to get overlooked by somebody who may want to sign you to something bigger. And, um if you are under contract and you're getting nothing but supplements, I tell people this, if you need the supplements, great. Then you got a free thing. You know, you got free supplements. That's what, that's what you want. That's what, that's what sponsorships are for. But if you don't need the supplements and you're just doing it because you think you're going to get exposure with this brand, then you've really just wasted your, you wasted whatever commodity you are now because you've already sold yourself to somebody else. Cause I get people message me all the time. This is the, the weirdest thing that happens to me is I get message from people. I really love your brand. I really want to be part of your brand. I think it's the best brand out there and I'll go to their page and they're signed with another company. And I'm like, this is automatically a turnoff. It's like, it's like telling a girl you love her and then telling another girl you love her at the same time, even though you just heard that guy tell the other girl he loved her too. And it's like, I don't get it. You know, why, why are you coming to me telling me you love my brand? It's the best brand in the industry, but you're signed with somebody else. So you're showing zero loyalty. So, 
that doesn't work either. So um, I don't, I think I've had one guy reach out. One guy reached out for a friend of his. He's like, hey, my friend doesn't really do social media that well. Can you take a look at his photos? He's just starting and he really wants to work on his social media a lot more, but I think he's got something. I signed him. I was like, this kid's going to be great. So I signed the kid, but I also had a conversation with him. I'm like, look, this is only going to work one way. Like you got to, you have to learn. He's like, well, I'm not really good. I'm like, that's not, I'm like, do you want to make a living bodybuilding or not? And he goes, I do. And I'm like, well, it's something you have to practice. I learned something. Yeah. You're going to have to, you're going to have to learn how to do it. Cause it's part of the game. Now there's no more, the guy that's quiet, the Dorian Yates, I'm in the shadows. That guy doesn't make any money. So, uh, but there's, there's a host of different ways that I've come across people to sign. Um, and the, the weird thing is I never intended to sign this many athletes. Most of them are up and comers, but um, I just see people with potential and I'm like, this guy could be good. And so a lot of times it might not end up being anything, but I'm like, it, it feels good to be able to bring people on anyways. So I feel like you're still like a, the owner of this company is a, is a true bodybuilding fan, right? And the, yeah. so when you came up in bodybuilding, you're, you're giving out contracts kind of like how you were given it, right? You fought the potential, the yeah. potential in someone that you like competitive wise. And so that's a true bodybuilding brand. There's other brands out there that they are probably looking for different things and they don't care oh, yeah. about what your show potential is. Um, you know, I'll, I'll speak like for animal, but yeah. like, of course we're a bodybuilding focused brand. And, uh, but even then, like if we're not placing well in shows, it's, it's okay. Cause they're very connected to the journey and they yeah. want to see that you carry out their kind of like, um, th that, that journey that connects within the brand, like this, yeah. this, uh, this brotherhood of like strong mentality, kind of blue collar work. And yeah. so you don't have, you don't have to be a good bodybuilder. You just have yeah. to kind of embody that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like so that. I, I, I think. You know, hostile is always going to be, that's the other thing about building a brand, you know, it goes back, it all goes back to the root of the conversation, which is you have to be true to yourself. Yep. You know, if you want to build a brand, be this, I'll tell you the number one thing I see that people do wrong when trying to build a business. And I'm not trying to say from any type of point of authority, because I've only been in business for a year. So I'm not trying to say like, we're, I just think it's a mistake. It's not something I want to do in my business. So whether we, we become a really successful brand or not is irrelevant. It's just something I think is a mistake. But I don't think people focus in on who they really are. And that goes for building a brand or building a business. So you'll see somebody start a business and they're like, they're looking at the numbers, right? Remember like the, we're talking about building, looking at formulas and they're looking at the numbers and they're like, okay, well, the demographic is biggest here and in, in the market is biggest here. So I'm going to put these two together and my business is going to be humongous. And I'm like, yeah, but now you've just confused everybody and they don't know who you are. Are you a lifestyle brand? Are you a bodybuilding brand? Are you a, a runner's brand? Are you like, who are you? We don't, we don't know who you, I can think of like five companies off the top of my head that they have no focus. They're just, and that might be okay because maybe the owner's not a bodybuilder. Maybe he's not, maybe he doesn't care about bodybuilding, but if you try to, you were at one point a body, like muscle tech, for example, right? Only I'll, I'll take muscle tech. At one point, muscle tech was the bodybuilding brand. And they became the biggest supplement company in the world being the bodybuilding brand. But then they started to be like, yeah, but now we're CrossFit. 
and now we're this and now we're that and now we're which sounds good because you're trying to be more inclusive but i think it also starts to confuse your core base and your core base might then go to somewhere else where it's more centered around them so i think and it's just my personal opinion it could be totally wrong but my personal opinion about building a brand or building yourself is stay true to who you are so like animal for example has been animal since i remember like i started bodybuilding in 2000 so for 21 years animal has been animal it's just they've been the same same message same company same cool look all of it is you know that's their core and i think that's what we want to do at hostile is this is we're a bodybuilding company this is where we who we want to be and that's why when i sign athletes i'm not trying to sign just somebody with a ton of numbers I'm looking for somebody who's like, are they like us? Do they seem like us? Do they have some of the same attributes? And that's kind of what I'm looking for. So yeah, it's a, I think it's a very, very important point that when you're trying to build your own brand or trying to build your own personality, you stay true to who you are and true to what you love and not try and just play to the masses. So, so what's, what's next for hostile? Like I know you're trying to step away more but what's what's let's what's the next steps and kind of challenges that you're facing to to really escalate this up to the next level hmm the biggest challenge take over the world <laughs> the challenge <laughs> but you yeah, have to yeah, say yeah. true so it's the bodybuilding world <laughs> that that will always be true that I can, you know what that i can tell you will always be true i i would my goal and, and this is a very lofty goal but my goal is to be the biggest bodybuilding brand in the industry, right? Whether that comes true or not, I don't know. But my, or maybe, you know what, maybe my goal is not even to be the biggest. My goal is just to be one of the most, a more formidable brand in the industry that people look up to and say, yeah, that's, that's the, that's a bodybuilding brand, right? So that's my ultimate goal. Whether that happens in five years or 20 years, I don't know. What I can say is we're a slow grow. We're not, we're not overnight success. We're not like, hey, let's just sign a, you know, we're not, we're not the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. We're, we're, we don't have all the money in the world. We're not going to walk in and go, okay, let's sign all the big name athletes and just elevate, just pay for tons and tons of marketing dollars. And we're going to be the biggest thing on earth. That's not us. We're not, we're just not, we're going to be like around for a while and we're going to do things our way and grow it our way and make sure things are. One of the things I tell people is, uh, nothing goes out the door that I wouldn't use myself or like myself. So it takes time to put those things together. Like we got to, so I guess we'll go back to like what's in hostiles immediate future. The goal is just to build out the line. Okay. I'd like to have a full line of everything. So I, I want hostile to be a one-stop shop. If you're a bodybuilder, you can go there and get your lifting straps, your knee sleeves, your supplements, your clothing. You can get it all your vitamins, your minerals, the whole thing, right? That's going to take time. So I think before we have a full line is going to be a couple of years at least. So that's my first priority is just get that, get the money turning and get supplements sold. So more money can come in. So more products can be bought and the, and the line can grow. It's just supplements and like clothing right now, correct? Like you don't have anything yeah. else. Okay. Right now we have, we only have five products 
uh, five supplements. We have a, our clothing line does really well. Um, but we're, you know, we're on the verge of launching like another five or six products in the next four months. And then next year we have a good, uh, a good schedule of products we want to release with vitamins and minerals and a whole line of that things to kind of challenge other, some other companies that have full lines of, of vitamins and minerals. So I, I just, you know, one thing I like is when I can go to a website and buy everything I need. Yeah, and I think on bodybuilding. Yeah. And I, I'd like, I'd like to, yeah, I mean, well, not, I guess not that way, but yeah, I, would, I, 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 I would like to be, I would like to be that. I would like to be that place that people can go and go, you know what? I trust their stuff. It's all like one of the biggest compliments I get right now is I can't believe the quality of your shirts. And I'm like, I tried on like 30 of these different shirts before I found the one I'm like, Hey, I like working out in that one. And you know, as a bodybuilder, there's certain shirts that just feel right to train in. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I want people to come and go, I like the quality of the shirts. I like the way the supplements feel. I like all oh, these lifting straps feel good. The vitamins and minerals are quality. Like I have a lot of aspirations for the brand. Um, so I, I just want to be able to represent the, I want the company to be represented properly. I, I kind of have a follow-up question to something you had brought up in, in, in your process of scaling is like the fact that you kind of had to take a step back and have people, kind of come in and, and you lose that, like that, that fan applause, that cheering, that whatever. Yeah. Um, do you start to lean on the impact that your brand is making now in order to kind of start to, to, to not feel that void, but like seeing how stepping back can like spread your meta impact and the amount mm. of people that you touch, because like I've had conversations with John about this, like I'm a competitive bodybuilder and I always will be, but I do understand very well what my limitations are from a genetic standpoint. Um, and as my coaching business has like grown and expanded and, and, and become what it is now, like I find myself being more passionate about the clients under myself and the people that I impact through the education stuff that I do and those kinds of things. And it's like, I'll always compete or to the point that like, I feel I've gotten out of competing that I want and lead from the front of that aspect. But I mm -hmm. also see that shift towards like the impact that I'm leaving with my brand being more where I find that satisfaction. You kind yeah. of see that happening as you grow and expand and kind of take that step back for other people to, to come in. Yeah. So you're, I, I think I understand the question. So I guess what I'll say is this, it's a different voice. It's a different, it fills a different void, I guess, if that's the okay. right way to put it. Okay, so I don't think anything will ever replace somebody cheering for you on stage. It's, it's I don't, again, it sounds really stupid, really vain, but there's a, like being at the Arnold's with like a thousand people in the audience and turning around and hitting, hitting a back shot and having everybody cheer at once, like in awe, you're like, nothing outside of that feels that way that doesn't mean nothing feels as good. It just means it doesn't feel that way. So what does feel as good is if I get a message from somebody and they say, I've been in the supplement industry for 20 years, this product is blah, 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 the best thing I've tried, whatever, whatever. I'm like, okay, you know that my heart and soul went into that product and somebody really recognizes my hard work. So you still get, it's an equal feeling. It's not the same feeling, but it's an equal sense of validation. Yeah. 
And then, or for example, with the podcast, you know, I'll get a DM from someone and say, look, man, I had a really bad month. My mom was sick. My dog was this. I've been, you know, you guys really talked me off a ledge this month, this week with your podcast, because I was feeling horrible and you guys just had me laughing and laughing my ass off. And all of a sudden my day feels better. Yeah. I get dozens and dozens of those. So it's not the same feeling as the cheers, but it's definitely, man, some days it's better. Like yeah. some, some days I read those DMS and I'm like, I look at my wife and I'm like, I don't even know what to say because it's like, it, it's honestly like, I'm like, I'm just having fun with a bunch of friends, man. Like we're just shooting the shit and people will message these messages. And I'm like, the feeling it gives you is, is far, far more satisfactory than the cheers because the cheers are a very selfish thing. Whereas this person is messaging me going, you saved my day. Or I've had, listen, to be very extreme, I have people message me and say, you saved my life. I was an addict. I was this, I've been watching your podcast. It's kept me on track. It kept me, it's kept me in the gym. And those things are like, yeah, it, it, it it's almost like it feels better in some ways. That gives me goosebumps here. Yeah, yeah, man. Because <laughs> like even Renee and I will get messages about someone's how we inspired them or to do something like this. It's like, I, I would never have the, have the thought that I would have had impacted someone. It's like, what do you mean? I just posted and talked about, the, you know, something in, in, insignificant to me, yeah. but to someone else, like you did like change their life into a level that we might never even understand. Yeah. But to try to like put that in perspective of what they're telling me, it gives me chills because it's like, oh wow, you're 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 really making a, a big impact, yeah. bigger bigger than what someone just saw you on stage cheering for you. It, it's so much yeah. greater than that, which yeah. uh, it, it's it's so cool to hear you speak on it because it makes it makes you want to you know, you know yeah. I'm with animal, but like you're a fan, you're a fan of someone that's building a brand like that, and I yeah. I, I want to see that you know grow into success, especially with how true you are to yourself and the the slow grow and how you're doing it in my opinion, is done right. Thank you. Thank um, you. And it's, yeah. it's uh, very commendable. Yeah. And I think it, this just furthers builds and maybe it's not the intention, but it, it does, it will build a legacy of bodybuilding greatness. And, yeah. and that's greatness doesn't come, I think just from show placing, like, yes, you can look at it that way, but, but also think what you provide back to the community in a group of bodybuilders. And, and when we think, you know, bodybuilding, you associate that with, with hostile and you look at Fuad and yeah. the legacy that he created. And I think that's something you'll be able to look back on even, even when you're older and you're, you're you know, you're in your seventies and you're like, I, I'm getting on stage still. I'm like, no, you're not. Man. Uh, <laughs> now, you're getting me, now you're getting me goosebumps. No, um, but you'll be able to look back on this and, and you'd have like such a, a great satisfaction of what, what's happened. So I think it's just so cool to, to, to hear you talk about that and, and, and what it's gone from, from you just, love and training to where you're at now yeah somebody it's funny uh machiavelli posted this uh golden era montage and i think the person that, that was doing the voiceover for it I, I don't know what bodybuilder it was but it was somebody from back in the day and i think they were saying something about it's so different now and there's no camaraderie and blah 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 and i'm like somebody comment i, I hate by the way i hate those things like I, I don't, I love Machiavelli. I, I just hate the whole, like things were better before. I oh. can't stand that whole thing. But um, somebody commented in the comments section, 
have you seen Fuad's podcast? Because I'm like, and when I step back and think about it, that's exactly what it is. It's just a bunch of bodybuilders getting together, shooting shit, having a laugh. And that's the camaraderie. And when I think about when people ask me, like, why do you think the podcast is, is successful? I'm like, it's probably the guys that people watch it because they're sitting around the locker room with their buddies shooting the shit about just complete nonsense. Right. It's like you said, you don't have to think, but you're sitting around with a group of like, people think we're all friends. Like they watch it as if they're sitting with their friend, not, not me and the guys. I mean, the people watching consider us their friends. Yeah. Like you, you're they're in your yeah. group, right? Like they, <laughs> yeah. They're yeah. probably talking as y'all are that, talking. That's I've had people message me say, <laughs> I was talking to the screen and I'm like, oh, <laughs> I find it really, I find it really funny. But to me, that's one of my proudest things of the podcast is, building the camaraderie and having everybody come on and talk about their lives and talk about who they are and build those friendships. And yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I don't know. I just, I like, I like, sometimes it's a scary thing because, um, you don't know how long it's going to last, but I'm just having fun while it's, while it's here. So. Well, for what we, we, uh, we truly appreciate you coming on. Yeah, man. And talk, talking the, I know this, we didn't go deep in like the business models and, I, and that's not what I wanted either. You know, it's, yeah. um, to, to put focus to a lot of people that are coming up and giving them that, Hey, it's, it's, it's about understanding yourself, building yourself, giving substance, le- developing that self-development process and then being consistent in that message that you yeah. put out and the brand will become and build, you'll get noticed off of that truth. I yeah. think that's what one thing that we all have in common here is that we've been just true to ourselves. This is who we are. And the brand's been formed based around that and people develop their trust around that. Yeah. And um, you know, I think that's one of the great messages to, to take away. Do you have any, any closing thoughts or like the last, like, Hey, um, tips of advice for the the bodybuilding brand builders out there in the trenches now no i i kind of i feel bad now i feel like i didn't give a, enough of a formula of how to be successful but no, i don't know really, there's no formula right i'm going to be completely blunt I, I don't have a formula like i don't i don't i honestly told you kind of from day one how it worked is i just i, I think the most important points are the ones we touched on which yeah. are just be true to yourself be consistent and don't try and be something you're not. And uh, to me, that that's just, that's just my formula. That's what has helped me and work for me do something you're passionate about. I mean, I, I didn't, I don't think you can pick like I had a person, I had a friend back in the day who tried to compete and he didn't really love bodybuilding. He just was searching for something to be part of. Mm. It was very short lived. Right. And I think it's the same thing in business and same thing with anything that you're trying to do. You just, you really, if you, if you're going to invest all your time into something and all your heart into something, you actually have to love it. You can't just be like, Oh, this thing helps me make money. So I'm going to do it. So I think um, maybe we didn't touch on enough tangibles, but I think the roots of, of uh, how to be successful, I think we kind of got through. So um, no, I don't, I don't have any, um, I don't have any special things to say. I just, I appreciate the time. I appreciate you guys having me on and uh, it was fun. Yeah. Well, to, to get more with, with, from Fuad, um, 
we can leave your links and everything in the show notes and links to your, your podcast as well. And please guys listen to the podcast. It's, it's entertaining. It's, it's truthful. And also you learn a ton throughout the way with, with interviews and just, you guys just are experienced bodybuilders. So yeah. um, please, please check out all, all of Wood's contents. And um, this is J3 university and we will speak to you next time. Thanks guys. Thank you.